Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. Thank you to our rousing live studio audience for another ovation. And welcome back, fellow basement dwellers, to yet another edition, stealing from Tony already, of Bandwagon Nerds. It is me, the lawyer Dave Ungar, back from assignment. We're going to call it assignment last week as uh, we get geared up for yet another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. I am not alone. Patrick O'Dowd not here today. It's his week off. He's got stuff going on. He can't be here today, but I'm not alone. We are joined, of course, by two of the stalwarts of the Bandwagon Nerds roster. One of them is the Reverend, the one and only, the man himself, Ray Cash. Ray, how are you doing, man? Hey, man. Living the dream. Happy to be back. Uh, it's kind of a weird week to be back because the inmates are running the asylum today, so mm-hmm. it's get get all your get all your Patrick O'Dowd this is out right now. <laughs> well, you know how how it goes when uh, when Pat's not here, things tend to go off the rails. But, you know, maybe we'll avoid some battlingus this week. Maybe not, you never know. We are, Shout out to R2D2 by the way. Yeah, most powerful being in the entire Star Wars <laughs> universe. Yes. 
Exactly. Uh, we're also joined by the live studio audience, the one and only, the the voice of champions, the the vessel of champions, the man whose teams, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Milwaukee Bucks, have won championships. It is a smiling, happy, semi-sober PC Tunney. How are you doing, buddy? No, no, I'm sober. I'm sober. I just, I literally got home one hour ago uh, from from being out of town, uh, missing DWI. Thanks to Greg for jumping in there, and um, your impressions were horrible. Don't ever do that again. But anyway, it's great to be, I'm just kidding, Greg. Thank you. Uh, it's great to be back here, uh, bandwagon nerds. Dave, we, like Ray said, we always have, um, you know, Patrick, we always have fun when you're here, but this is a little bit of different fun. You know, while the cat's away, the mice will play, and and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, this should be a, an interesting show. Not a real heavy news week, but some uh, unique stuff that we're going to talk about, especially right at the outset. But before we get into that, you know, I, I just want to say personally, I'm so glad that you two guys are talking to each other because BC Tunney's <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks took down Ray's Phoenix Suns in six tremendously good games to capture their first NBA championship since George Washington crossed the Delaware River, or 50 years, whichever comes sooner. The Milwaukee Bucks, once again the champions, first time since 1971. Uh, first very, time since 1971, good God. <laughs> I know. Well, we're not going to talk about the Suns, Ray, with uh, never having... First time since never, yeah. Yeah, first time <laughs> since never. Or my team, the Washington Bullets slash Wizards, who are now... Rapidly approaching the biggest drought since '78. But anyway, what your real brief, your guys' thoughts on the finals? The Bucks pulled it out. Giannis went to another level completely, and and was the real difference in my opinion. And the Suns, valiant though they were, they just couldn't stop him when they had to. I try to make it quick. Um, and for the record, I didn't miss three man weave on purpose. You guys know I've been on a bit of a hiatus. Um, the only show I'm, I've really been able to make regularly is this one because of the day we recorded and i forgot to reach out to tunny and platt to hop on three-man weave i'm not ducking tunny i texted him literally after the game was over to give him all his love and respect Giannis antetokounmpo is the most likable i think um superstar in sports right now i think it's definitely in basketball and this comes from a lebron fan you cannot dislike that dude. He has every demon he had. He has exercise. And I think he he he's on the verge of becoming the most dominant player in basketball, maybe the most dominant player we've seen since 2000 Shaq. And that's no diss to LeBron, but this is just strictly inside the paint. Fuck you, Chris Middleton. Uh, but no, all love to the Bucks because there's no beef between our teams, the Bucks, are a great team. They earned it. They did it the hard way. They they spent years getting to this spot, and they finally broke through. We'll be back. Um, we have to get more help. We our our offensive playbook can't be what is Devin Booker doing. Got to do more. But uh, we're young enough. We uh, have enough flexibility, and uh, everybody's gonna get better, man. The only people who are like over twenty eight are like Jay Crowder and Chris Paul. It's ridiculous. So we'll be back. But hey, shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks. No diss. Hats off. Congratulations. Y'all earned that. Mr. Tunney, you got any thoughts on your uh, either of your championship teams or both? Oh, Lightning. 
uh, Nikita Kucherov is a fucking superstar. Good for him. I loved him telling Montreal they're a bunch of dumbass motherfuckers up there. Uh, pardon my French. Only <laughs> slightly inebriated, but hey, who's yeah. counting? And then PJ Tucker is a fucking star as well. Uh, that guy is. We some when he, dogs. You know, he's a, they just need to. Dogs. They just need they just needed to learn how to be dogs. <laughs> PJ Tucker, I love that guy. Uh, I'm going to put a little, I'll put a perfect quick bowl on top of this, Dave. And I'm going to say something that I never thought in a billion fucking years I would ever say. Mike Budenholzer, NBA champion coach. Ha! Who would have fucking thought? Proving yet again that it's the players and not the coach that makes a difference. <laughs> Bill Belichick, we're looking at you. Uh, but hey. All I'm saying is Mike Budenholz with Hall of Fame coach if Giannis keeps playing the way he's playing. I'm oh, yeah. just saying. But yeah, we could coach the Bucks to the title at the, if Giannis Man. keeps playing like that. But, 15, 17, and 5, yeah. yeah. Again, this is not three-man weave, no matter how much Ray wants to shoehorn it in there because he missed it, and now he's trying to be accountable for his bullshit. But besides <laughs> from all that, this is not three-man weave. This is bandwagon nerds. And we're going to start off. Um, we don't have a Marvel show to watch, but I did experience something very Marvel related. Tony, do you have the Marvel music somewhere out there? Awesome. Thank you for that intro. So one of the reasons I was on assignment, which is really a code word for my son's 17th birthday on assignment, was that I went down to Disneyland first time since it reopened. And uh, we were there for three days, two days at Disneyland, one day at Disney California Adventure, which we will heretofore from hereafter call DCA for those of you uninitiated. Dave, I, I'm pretty sure in the bylaws, the bandwagon nerd bylaws, that's technically a podcast business trip. So you were on official bandwagon nerds business assignment. Well, I mean, yeah, Disney is, is as nerd based as you can really get. But really, I think the, uh, the, the the main thing that I want to talk about was Avengers Campus, because I'm the first of us nerds to actually go there. It's only been open since June 4th. And we got to experience uh, on Monday, which was eh, what was that? July 19th so a little about a month and a half it's been open and i wanted i'm probably gonna do a write-up for this for the chair shot as well giving a, an official review of avengers campus that's a, a that's not a prediction that's a spoiler thank you mr Heyman. oh i know i didn't see brock, i didn't see brock lesnar or roman reigns down there but you know hey it's all, all Heyman should do Cena's music every week my thoughts on avengers campus uh it's it's really cool right now. It, it is a work in progress. It's probably, I'd say, 60, 65, 70% fleshed out. It's, um, it is an immersive experience. You walk in there. There's everybody taking pictures by the Avengers Campus sign, which tells you how over it is already with the Marvelites out there that they just want to get a sign with picture with a sign that says Avengers Campus. Uh, lots of Spider-Man appearances. He's very prevalent the guy acting as Spider-Man and is is awesome because he is very personable and will let you take pictures and talk to him and do anything you want. So there's Spider-Man right there. There is the um, the thing about it is 
that Avengers theme music is constantly going on in the background, and you can't help but get sucked in to that when you walk in there and that theme music and it's 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 it, it just you know for all of us it just connects with you on a on a almost spiritual level at this point to hear that they do a lot of interactive stuff a lot of mini shows that you know that you're not in a theater for it but i think i think i sent you guys the video of it's black widow up on a balcony black widow's fighting taskmaster and then out of the left side comes black panther and it's t'challa and i will say this that it's it's not chadwick's voice i don't think but if it's not chadwick's voice and it is a very very good impersonation and to see t'challa fighting with I don't know, one of these mercenary minions and telling him in, in, in Black Panther's voice, this is not going to end well for you. And if you just detach yourself a little bit, you can think that's really T'Challa. That's Chadwick's voice that I mean, that was an emotional. I wasn't expecting to see anything like that. And that I, I got to admit, really kind of hit me like, wow, you know, yes, you can't recast Chadwick Boseman, but you can kind of. It's not perfect. Granted, how could it be? But, you know, when you're seeing that going there, you can step out and kind of imagine, wow, this is really it. It brings you in. Then they have like uh, the Dora Milaje are doing a show. You know, they're doing stuff and they're bringing the kids up on stage to train them, which is very similar to what they do on the other side, on the Disneyland side with the Jedi Academy. Um, Doctor Strange does a show at some point teaching people about the cosmic arts. So there's. And I saw like an Ant-Man appearance. He was up on this balcony fighting people. So he's up there. You've got, uh, you know, I didn't see Captain America or Iron Man, but I'm sure they're around. It's uh, it, it is really cool. They've got the, the Pym kitchen, which is very crowded. And the good thing that Disney, one of the better pandemic related things that Disney has done is they really amped up the ability to do mobile ordering for food. So you just place your order on the app and it gives you a window when they come back. Now, the problem with Pim Kitchen is because it's new and popular. You know, as long as you've got two hours and you're not starving, then, yeah, place your order and come back two hours later. You know, that sort of thing. But at every other place, it's not that bad. Like we went we got stuff like we placed an order at the place over by Soren over uh, over the world. And, you know, that was done in like 10 minutes. But, uh, yeah, the Pim Kitchen looks good. The uh, one of the big things is, and I know I'm going to mention this in the article, is um, you know, a few years ago, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout replaced Hollywood Tower of Terror, and mm-hmm. I, and it wasn't without controversy. People like my son hate the change. Loved Hollywood's, you know, loved the Tower of Terror, loved Twilight Zone. It's iconic. It is. It's it, iconic. It is, and I loved it too. I've always preferred since it's been out mission breakout but the problem is because i'm more of a i'm more of a superhero fan than a twilight zone fan and i think the ride actually got a little bit better there's more there's bigger drops on it now than there were before um but the problem is that it just it didn't seem to fit into anything it's like why do we have this guardians of the galaxy ride right here and it has no connection to anything else in the park not the twilight zone did either other than it was in the hollywood backlot section so you had some sort of connection now with Avengers Campus literally right next to it, now it all fits together. So that is a big, a big boost for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. But people don't want to care. They don't care about that. I know everybody listening wants to know, did you ride the new Spider-Man ride and how was it? Yes, I did. I did get on the new Spider-Man ride. It's um, Disney's using virtual queues 
which is a, a unique experience. You've got to time things just right or you can't get in. You heard my you heard me bitching about Rise of the Resistance, which my son pulled off at the last attempt that we had. I will talk about Rise a little bit to add on to what Patrick said a long time ago when this show first started and he wrote it. Um, but Spider-Man Web Slingers is... Um, it, it, I liked it. I don't know about waiting an hour and a half in the fucking heat like we did and, and just getting <laughs> pummeled. I don't think it was worth that because the virtual queue, all that does is it gives you the right to stand in line. That's it. <laughs> Holds your place. Now you get to stand here for an hour and a half. Um, mm. The ride itself is it's unique. But if you've ever rode Toy Story Mania, um, it is exactly like that, except you're not using like the little guns that they have. You're actually using your hands to like fling webs at targets and score points. It's a hell of a workout, I'll tell you that. But Disney, God love them, the masters of capitalism, are selling these toys. These I don't know if you call them toys, but these things you can attach to your arms to increase your effectiveness at this game to score higher. So you can game the game. Now, I don't know if there's people out there who really take this game that seriously, that it's got to be that competitive, that I need to buy this $40 apparatus to give me a competitive edge. But there's kids doing it, and maybe it makes you feel more like Spider-Man. Go ahead, Ray. Can you keep it? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. It, it, then you, it's worth the 40 bucks. then. Okay. Yeah, you buy it, you keep it, and it's yours. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it, but, I mean, it's it's really only... Uh, applicable to the game you know i don't know what else it does maybe hopefully it does something when you're not using it i didn't research it that much but i I did send you guys some pictures while you're in line for the ride they've got some stuff talking about some potential characters that we might see in what is it no way no way home is that the next spider-man movie um and i sent you pictures and one of them uh was uh was uh who was it moon girl who i think girl with the devil dinosaur yeah yeah so she's there, Squirrel Girl's got a part. Uh, the kid from Iron Man Three, who you see at Tony Stark's funeral at the very end, and people are like, "Oh, who's that?" Uh, Harley Kaner. Yeah, Harley, Harley Kaner. Kaner yeah. He developed the spider bots, and I know Pat wanted me to buy him a spider bot, but I'm sorry, I bought it for myself. You know, and, and <laughs> I haven't messed with it too. You actually, the thing, the spider bots are cool, but you really need two of them because it is like a game, um, and that sort of, and they interact with each other and these tactical upgrades. Like I got the Iron Man tactical upgrade. They give the spider bots advantages over other spider bots. But as far as them just standing on their own, yeah, they're cool, but it's better if you've got a second one. Um, but, but yeah. Then, you know what? I just realized, by the way, I just thought about uh, Squirrel Girl, Doreen, yeah. is normally associated with Shield Academy. So maybe that's something that we're going to see going forward if that is a precursor. Yeah. And lots of, um, like when you're waiting in line for the uh, ride to start, Tom Holland shows up holographically, of course, uh, but it looks real as hell. And, and and you see that also Ray does that on Rise of the Resistance. But um, yeah, it, it was it was cool to see the the who they might be bringing in and how they might fit in. And and I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that if that's any sort of indicator as to where the Spider-Man franchise is going, whether they're going to bring in these other characters to set up. We know there's going to be a big multiversal crossover coming in the new Spider-Man movie, but all that aside, I, I, th- I thought the Spider-Man ride was cool. It, it's uh, it, it is a workout, that's for sure. <laughs> you you will get winded doing all that stuff, but yeah, I, I'd say Avengers Campus is really really fun. It is a very immersive ex- experience. It's got the Disney flair that you would expect. You wouldn't expect them to do anything half-assed. That is not the case here. Top-notch stuff. 
lots of room for potential. We know they're going to bring in new rides, new attractions, mm-hmm. new who knows what. Uh, but it's it's they've got room to expand. They've got a lot of stuff going on. It's very popular. Uh, so yeah, Avengers Campus gets a big thumb up, thumbs up, two thumbs up from uh, from Big Dave here. So I got a question for you. Yes, anything, my friend. Um, I'm curious to know besides the wait times, which is Disney, so you know you're used to that. You know what this what this is going to be, and the heat. What was the most disappointing thing? from your trip to Avengers campus. Um, if there was anything disappointing from Avengers campus, not, not too much. I mean, I thought, you know, anything, I mean, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where they've opened it up and, um, it's clear that it's not completely done. And, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, you can look around and see that there's things missing and okay, they're going to do this here and they're going to do that there. Uh, they didn't really, advertise when the spider-man animatronic thing where where they do that thing with the spider-man i sent you guys a video where he goes from human to the big animatronic leap they didn't really advertise when that was happening although a guy one of the crew members when you're in waiting in line for web slingers you could ask him and he told us when the show was going to go off so that's kind of how i knew where it was going to happen i'd like them to publicize that a little bit more that shouldn't be like some big secret uh, but I, you know, <laughs> this is nothing new at Avengers campus. One of the funniest things that we noticed, my son and I got a kick out of this. They have this ride called, uh, Mater's junkyard jamboree, which is over in cars land. And you sit in this, in the, in one of these Mater tractors and, and, and it, it goes around and this ride was actually better than I thought it was a little bit violent and a little bit rough in a few places. But the best part is, you know, they do everything. They, they give you the instructions and the admonitions and the warnings in English and then they do it in Spanish. And usually the Spanish translation sounds nothing like the English guy who was speaking. Dude, for Mater's Junkyard Jamboree, they had a guy. It was like Mater speaking Spanish. It was the funniest shit ever, dude. Because it's like, it's like I've never heard Spanish spoken with a redneck twang before. But this pulled it off. And I mean, it was so... I mean, my son and I just started busting up laughing. And, and that was like our running joke for them. It's like, man, Mater should narrate everything in Spanish here at Disneyland. So, como estas? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I, I, nothing really disappointed me about Avengers Campus. I, I'm really just, I'm more curious as to what they're going to, to do next. What sort of new attractions? How, if at all, will that fit in with, uh, with, you know, anything that's going forward because it's clear like that during Spider-Man, like uh, uh, Sharon, I think was the, the programming that Spider-Man uses for a suit or something like that. And she's like, well, I can call Mr. Stark. He's like, no, no, don't call him Mr. Stark. So time wise, as far as the continuity, this is clearly standing outside of the continuity and it has to be, but I'm curious, like, okay, what are they going to add on next? What new characters yeah. are they going to bring in? That sort of thing. Yes. Tony, what's up? How about the TVA? They could make something pretty cool out of that. They could. That would be really cool, actually. They could. And and there's a lot of, um. there was definitely some Disney Plus promotion going on throughout Avengers Campus, you know, talking about the three shows that we've seen so far, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and uh, and Loki. Loki. Yeah. There was a place you could take a picture with the, uh, with the Captain America shield, you know, get your picture with that. That was kind of fun. Nothing overwhelming. They didn't, they didn't have the backyard YMC. Uh, a shield training course they could do that that would be they can't that's do a good that idea be, they they can't do it because it's already set what? in trademark in the backwoods of milwaukee Planet. the backwoods of milwaukee go to a local high school grab old gym mat 
Buy tree, plant tree, wrap gym mat around tree. Done. <laughs> hey, I need you to respect your Captain America, sir. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get him a spot at the Avengers campus. What more do you want from this guy? I will say uh, I did want to mention because now I'm the second one of the nerds to ride Rise of the Resistance. Pat's not in the exclusive club. Although in, in talking to him about it, the experience that he got as far as getting on the ride is certainly different than what I experienced, which is you've got three seconds to get in that virtual queue or you're fucked. And I mean, it's Damn. yeah. Three, three, three to five seconds to join that thing virtually. Go ahead. Tony. You said your son, you said your son was so smart that he remembered exactly where the button was yes. and he just started pressing it. Right. He asked, he, he asked me when I failed the third time, he's like, can I try? I said, sure. <laughs> I said, all sure. that conversation go, listen, old man, yeah. your trigger finger is getting a little slow there, That's, brother. That was basically it. I said, I said, I don't see how I can be any faster, but maybe you are. And he was. And, and my wife, my wife's at Disneyland right now. She failed to get on the first one. She had no chance. The second time she had a shot, but <laughs> she was on the Disney, the DCA side of the app and was, and it wasn't flipping back to the rise of the resistance side fast enough so she was getting so she was joining but it's going to invalidate her tickets because she's already at disneyland and she's trying to join a dca ride and it's telling her those aren't valid no they're not valid because she's trying to anyway it's it's there are some problems with the app to be sure and one of my big complaints is that disneyland limited capacity when they first open you know 25 percent there is no limitation on capacity now this motherfucking place was packed and there's no fast passes and there's no max pass and every line is over 30 minutes which by disneyland standards isn't terrible but like short you know we tapped out on monday at like five o'clock you know and we never do that because we we had done just about everything except soaring over the world and and um and radiator springs and we were both like, I don't want to stand in line in the heat for an hour just for fucking Radiator Springs. Where in the past, you know, you stand in line for 10 minutes because you got a fast pass. But anyway, I digress. Rise of the Resistance is the most popular ride in Star Wars, in Disney right now. And it's located in Galaxy's Edge. And um, it is, to say it's the best ride ever is awfully hard because that's kind of subjective. But as far as immersion goes, and if you're a Star Wars fan, Everything Patrick said way back when this show first started, when he first rode that thing before the pandemic came and blew everything up, uh, everything he said on that show, I echo 100%. It is a tremendous ride. It is like, like he said, it's like seven or eight different ride experiences in one. You know, you've got aspects of it that are like Mission Breakout. There are some drops. You've got the, the, the Star Tours kind of motion simulator going on. Okay, check that box. What I love about it is they bring you in on this thing and the people who are portraying the first order, they never break character and they treat you like dirt, even when they're being helpful for you. Even when they're they're trying to help you out of something you need, you know, you're not sure where to go. They're still treating you like shit, even though they're kind of helping direct you a long way. I love that. I love being abused by these guys. I wanted to feel like resistance scum and they made me feel this small guys. It was great. I love that shit is like, don't you dare break character. You know, don't, don't you smile. They're all like, remember your fucking color. I mean, they didn't say that of course, but they might as well have been saying it because they're assigning you colors. Remember your color. It's going to be important for your interrogation. Um, there is a part of the ride where you come out in these, you're in these carts. When you come out in this room and there are real life-size adats above you, that's pretty wild to look up and say, holy shit, these things are big. 
Um, it's special effects are top notch. The holographic effects are, are amazing. It, it, I can't. It's a good eighteen minute ride. I mean, it, it's and it's worth every penny, uh, every amount of aggravation you could have. Uh, I couldn't say that. You know, we still couldn't get. We were still haven't been pilots on Smuggler's Run. I still have not piloted the Millennium Falcon Ray. I'm sick of being a fucking engineer. I'm tired of being an engineer. I want to be a pilot. At least give me co-pilot. Anyway, that's it. So you want to be Chewie? I'd rather be Han, but I'll take Chewie at this point because I've never you been. You said co-pilot. I'll do it. I, I say co-pilot or pilot. Just you know, it, it's it's great because people can't grasp the fact that you know you got to pull back on this thing to make it go up, pull down to go up. You know. Down, up to go down. People can't grasp that. They're always crashing the Falcon. It's fun, but you guys need to come out here so we can have our own six them and we can control everything. Man, I'm come out there just to chill with the family. Then we can do the other shit. All right, you know. yeah. Hopefully, yes, yes. Hopefully by then they'll sort out all their crazy bullshit that's going on. So you know, and and like maybe a spring or fall. You know, I I'm not, not down with the heat. No, I I. I just spent three days golfing in 95 degree weather. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're just standing there, I mean, I'm I'm living in Bakersfield where it's 100 every day, you know, and that's, and that's that's a good day when it's 100. But when you're standing in 90 degrees and you're not really moving that much and you're just getting your ass kicked. Is, are are the lines out in the sun or are you under shade? Now, Web Slingers was mostly in the sun. Rise of the Resistance was mostly indoors. So it gets a massive advantage in my book because it's, and it's, and it's a cooler weight. There's actually some more interactive stuff in Rise of the Resistance and Web Slingers. So maybe a sun yeah. umbrella on the hot days. Something, for man. The line. Do something. They had they had plenty of umbrellas, but just too many gaps between them. And you know, you Ooh. always end up stopping right where there's a gap between the umbrellas. You're like motherfucker. <laughs> and that's, that's like, and like, there's like some lady. She's in line, and she's like got they they sell these things where they're like water bottles with fans attached to them. So you're spraying oh, it. Sure. So she's spraying this thing, and it's hitting me in the face. She goes, "Oh, I'm sorry." I said, "No, slap me in the face with it, bitch." I I, I you know I just I just need. And she's like, "Oh, I can do that," you know. And <laughs> exactly, make me your bitch. I, I'd be cool with that. So. Uh, yeah, anything, anything. All Giamatti side of the game from billions. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a. That was the theme. I wanted to be abused, and and I was getting my wish. So, anyway, that's uh, Big Dave's thoughts on Avengers Campus and a little Disneyland action. It's uh, it's good that they're they're back. Definitely great to have Disneyland back. Uh, just they need to they need to realize you can't have these pandemic based policies if you're not going to have a capacity restriction anymore. You got to do something about that because. Yeah, it's a little crazy out there. Um, yeah, it, it was nuts. But anyway, that's not all the uh, Marvel news I want to talk about. Pat had sent a link earlier in the week that I wanted to touch bases with you guys because Blade has gotten a director. Um, we don't know when Blade's coming out. I'm going to assume it's Phase 5 because it's probably definitely not Phase 4. So let's go with Phase 5 because really, you know, <laughs> why not? Uh, go ahead. It could be Phase 4 because, you know, vampires were mentioned in Loki. Were they? They were. Yeah, at, it was either episode episode five, or, uh, episode one of the episodes right before um, Mobius gets pruned. Oh. He mentions he was like, "We've we've of all the people we've interviewed, we've interviewed titans, vampires, and such and such and such. Uh, this is the hardest one, or something like that." So maybe you, you never know. made. And then remember, Korg, remember Korg said, you know, in Ragnarok, uh, you. What are you using this three pronged uh, fork for? Maybe if you were fighting a horde of vampires. Uh, so they are canon. 
Yeah, that'd be. I mean, Blade. I I really, really hope that they bring Dracula in somehow on this whole thing. You know, I mean, Dracula needs he to can't be... be the first one, though, can he? No, he, not they the can't first, be the first. Not God the first Blade one, fights. but I, I want to see. But yeah, it's, uh, end of the first one. Yeah, I want to see Bra- Dracula brought into the MCU somehow because it's like everybody thinks that Dracula is this Bram Stoker t- character, and I get it. That's fine, but those of us who are Marvel fans know Dracula in a completely different way. Who would you like to play Dracula? Honestly, oh, man. you want to know who I think would be a good Dracula? Pat's going to laugh at this shit. Henry Cavill would make a really good Dracula, I think. <laughs> you want Henry Cavill to be everybody. <laughs> I, I, I'm just laughing at the setup of it. I think that, that what you just said I know. Um, is hilarious. But they, so they, you, if, you, you, if you compare Geralt of Revia Re, 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 to Dracula, huh? maybe. I don't know. Who so else, who else say, would be good? Man, I'm trying I, to I don't think. know. I can't think of Dracula, but Henry Cavill... So the rumors is that he's going to be uh, Brian Braddock, Captain Britain. Okay. I I said, I don't know if they'll ever put him on screen, but if he's already so known as Superman, make him Hyperion. Yeah, I saw I saw you had posted that. That would be, that'd be cool. I you know Dracula. Who else? Maybe um. What about uh, somebody plays a a second character? Now that they've moved on from their original, unbelievably awesome starring character, and Hugh Jackman returns as Dracula. Ooh. He has been Van Helsing, so why not? You know who uh, another person rumored that they want to bring into the MCU might be able to pull it off would be Keanu Reeves. That might not be too and bad. Tony, Tony Banderas? Yeah. You know what's funny? We've been wanting Keanu Reeves to be everybody. Watch him be like... You know, Squirrel Girl, um, no. Ravager <laughs> number six or some shit that's on screen for like five minutes. Fuck <laughs> played on there for five years. What if he comes in and he's just Keanu Reeves and they write Keanu Reeves into Marvel? I'm with it. I'm with it. Right? Yeah, Watch mind. Keanu Reeves be like in one of the pods in the collector's <laughs> office or something. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be Howard the Duck. God damn it. Oh, Whatever hero of the whatever hero of the story, it, it's just ah, I gotta save Keanu Reeves again. I'll be right back. But uh, going back, <laughs> yeah, we could talk more about that. Going back to the Blade thing, though, the director that they found, Bassam Tariq, in this, uh, if I remember reading the article correctly, first, um, uh, what um, this is the first, first feature film, yeah, first one. But it, it's uh, it's the first time that we've had a what is it, American Pakistani, um, yeah. director. It, with a big, big film sort of exposure, uh, what do you guys, what do you guys think about this? I mean, Blade is um, that's going to be an interesting movie. I mean, they've got a, who's the actor? I can't pronounce his name. Marishala Ali. Mahershala. Mahershala. Mahershala yeah. Ali. That's going to be you know, a, a, but this is what I love about Marvel. They bring in people you haven't really heard of and introduce you to the world in these in these characters that are kind of like not out there so much as far as like frontline characters, but more supporting like Shang-Chi, that sort of thing. Blades kind of along those same lines, but you know, what are your thoughts on where blade is going to go with this new actor, with this particular director? Do you, anybody have any experience with this director? I don't, I don't know anything with the actor, but he won a, he won a lot of awards for uh, his uh, feature, his um, indie film with rhythm Ed. So that's all I know. The interesting thing to me is that they wanted to get a writer director. So basically the same person to write the screen, the screenplay will be the director, but they separated that. So that lets me know that either they really, really want to get this right or 
differing vision. You know, sometimes we hear about these Marvel um, shows or properties that have differing visions that Feige, Feige has one vision and then such and such. So I'm hoping we don't run into any problems with like that, where the, the uh, showrunner wants to dip and this and that. I'm hoping that we can keep it all in the same world because Mahershala is perfect for the role. He's a huge actor, back-to-back best uh, supporting actor, Oscar wins, looks the part, is a badass, got the voice for it. Um, so I, I hope it, I hope it comes off well. Plus, we keep it in a buck. In this new generation of, of comic book world, he, Blade started the whole trend. So it's, it's, I think it's really important to kind of give Blade its love and its just due. Also, by the way, did you know, I just found out, did you know that Blade is actually British? Really? Cheerio. The, the character is actually born in Britain. I didn't know that. I did not know that either. Yeah. yeah. The more you know. The, the more you know, the less the less you know, that that sort of thing. But it's it's going to be a, uh, I mean, yeah, it's been, what, two years since they first announced Blade was going to come out and really not a whole lot of news about it other than the actor. And I think they've got the screenwriter who's, uh, who's it? Osei Kufar. I don't know who yeah. that is. He. So they're going to be a screenwriter. And I know like they were wanting to do like all in one package, but now they've kind of veered away from that. And they've got screenwriter director. We'll see how that works out. But uh, yeah, I mean, Blade is going to be, you know, it's another one of those movies that you look at when you're standing back, trying to kind of like gaze out over the landscape of what phase four and phase five will be and say, okay, where does he fit in to this whole thing? How does he fit into this whole thing? When are they going to bring him in? Well, that's the biggest problem with people like Blade and in more more um, pertinent sense, uh, Kamala Khan. The biggest problem with these people is going to be Kamala Khan is an inhuman. How are you going to just all of a sudden mention that inhuman's been here forever? Or mention that mutants been here forever when X-Men come? Or mention that, you know what, by the way, there's been vampires the whole time, but we've been doing this since 2008. So they really got to find a way to make that make sense to me. Because, like, I can understand the TVA. We're not knowing about that because they were hidden. But you got to explain to me why, for all these years, we never knew about it. And forget the Inhumans show on ABC. That shit don't count. But we never knew about Inhumans or the Terrigenists. And we never knew about Dracula got a horde, got all these millions of vampires running around the universe. You got to explain that to me, man. I, it's got to make sense to me. No, you raise a, a really good point. The more that Marvel taps into the comic book lore, and yes, we all know they take liberties with with canon, and nothing is mm-hmm. nothing is really sacred at this point. They can kind of make it up as they go, but you still have to have a believable entry point. And, and this is where, like you're saying, Ray, they've got to come up with okay. Yeah, these Inhumans, where the hell have they been? Where's Black Bolt? Where has he been this whole time? This guy can level mountains with his voice. Where has he been the whole time? And how did these mutants get here? And where do these vampires come from? And, and and you know, you look at some of the other, we've got the Skrulls, we've got the Kree, okay, they've been brought in, that's cool. The Atlanteans still need to make their appearance. We assume that's happening in Wakanda forever. Yes, but, yes. you know, there's there's... You know, where have they been this whole time? What's their backstory? What happened to Atlantis? You know, it's going to be different than Aquaman's story. That's for sure. Yeah. But, you know, they've got and, and and I don't think that, you know, Marvel doesn't have to dot all the I's and cross the T's, but they got to dot some of them and they got to cross some of them to make it believable. They just got to 
they just got to make it make sense. Like the Inhumans, can, they got to pass because Adeline historically is on the dark side of the moon. Mm-hmm. So like we get that. So you got to pass that you don't see Black Bolt or um, Medusa, right? Is that, that's his wife's name? I think, yeah. Or Maximus or all these fools. I get that. But then you got to explain to me where these Terrigen myths come from. Because, or are you going to make Kamala Khan something similar to like you, how you retconned Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, which has then since been retconned that they were always mutants. It's just that it, it, it opened late in the bit. You're going to have to make it make sense because you can't just be having people. You, the, the difference between Marvel and DC is that it's regular people that are transformed in some form or fashion for the most part. Right. DC, these people are fucking gods and, 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 and angels and whatever it is. But Bruce Banner was a dude, took a serum, boom, got this, right? Captain America was a dude, took a serum, boom, became this. X-Men, people, oh, my genes fucked up, I, I can do this. You have to explain that to me for it to make sense. And they're going to struggle with Kamala Khan, for, in my opinion. That is going to be really hard to explain how this little Pakistani chick in New Jersey, who's 16 years old, all of a sudden gets these powers without explaining what the Terrigen myths are. Right. Yeah. But here's a and here's the risk that I when Disney, when I'm talking Disney and Marvel, because they're making money hand over the fist, hand over fist. My concern is that they will take the approach that, well, we don't really need to explain anything because people are going to buy and consume the product no matter what stupid explanation we give. That's or fair. even if we give no explanation, people are still going to tune in. And that concerns me, although not too much, because Disney really has not ever taken that kind of role before. And I don't expect them to, but you know, it is the road less traveled. That's for sure. Rather than how do we tie all this shit together to, to make the Reverend Ray cash feel better about where Kamala Khan has Damn. come from. Right. Well, and I'll tell you this, and I, I, I don't mean to continue to dominate the conversation, but black widow is the perfect example of showing that no matter if you think something doesn't have a point, that shit will pop up later on. Black widow dotted so many eyes across so many T's, from 10, 15 years ago. So it's very possible that they have they haven't shown us that anything that they bring to our attention for a reason isn't coming back in some form or fashion or isn't isn't pertinent. Like I'm not surprised we'll see Yellow Jacket again somewhere, I mm-hmm. truly believe. Like a lot of these things that just kind of out of, out in, in the blue, I'm sure will come back in some form or fashion, I believe, because they've shown me that they that they do that. So, no, you're you're right. I and I it often makes me wonder, and maybe Tony's got some thoughts on this. When they were when they were writing all this stuff all those years ago, do you think that they knew that they were going to come back, or they had plans like, hey, if this really works, I want to come back to this ten years later? Or are they just kind of retconning that sort of stuff, saying, see how smart we were? And he's like, no, you weren't smart. You're fucking lucky. That's what it is. I I say this a lot. I'd rather be lucky than good. And sometimes when you're good, you get lucky as well. And yeah, that just kind of all works your way. It's, you know, a little bit of both, maybe, I would have to say. I mean, if you had the resources to go back and pull something like that, you'd do it. I guess, why show your hand? I, I definitely, truly think, knowing how Feige works, that the framework from Iron Man to Infinity War to Endgame, the framework was there from day one. But the filling in the blanks, like bringing back Thad Ross, that wasn't planned. That just made sense. Right. Or getting Spider-Man like getting that. Spider-Man involved. That 
that <laughs> fell into their lap, you know? They had no idea that that was going to happen. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think that's the type of stuff that just kind of fell. But knowing generally where they were going, I think, for sure. But, I mean, perfect example, the saga of Captain Marvel. She was supposed to pop up out of nowhere at the end of Age of Ultron where they had the new recruits. They go watch the deleted scenes. They got a stand-in for it. They hadn't even casted the role yet. But they got a stand-in for Captain Marvel. And then that shit didn't end up popping off for another five years. So, yeah. Lucky. Right. Jenny's right. Luck, better lucky than good. Absolutely. And I, if I can journalism, because I know we're going to the next thing, Marvel's been, a, been much more lucky than good. DC ain't been either. <laughs> well, yeah, that's as good a segue as we can get. Let's talk a little DC, and, and, and we'll talk about this, and we'll take our first, first commercial break. Um, so we got news that injustice has got their voice cast for the animated adaptation of the injustice story whether you're talking the comics or the uh video game um you know i'm not going to go into too many details about the voice cast people can read it themselves because a lot of the names aren't i don't know ray did you did you recognize a lot of them some of them i did some of them not so much a couple of them because they've done other dc properties but the only one i know of as an actor actor actress is anika noni anika noni rose who's playing catwoman okay. other than that most of most of them are just voice actors right. that i know of and like ray had just mentioned with respect to dc and live action movies they have not been lucky nor have they been good most of the time with some notable exceptions such as wonder woman shazam aquaman the Snyder cut. Love you, Pat. But yeah, I'm going to throw the Snyder cut in there as being a place where they got it right. Uh, Birds of Prey is a good movie. Birds of Prey is a very good movie as well. Yeah, exactly. And we all anticipate Suicide Squad is going to join that list of very good movies based on everything that we are hearing. Uh, no one has seen it yet. I haven't seen any official reviews for it yet. But just the basic stuff I've heard is very encouraging and promising, especially the performance of one John Cena. So that is uh, getting a lot of, yeah, we can't see him or maybe we now we're seeing too much of him. He's everywhere. Uh, but <laughs> with respect to DC, one thing that they've always done right and done better than Marvel is their animated movies. And their animated movies have been top notch, fantastic, great stuff. This is going to be an animated adaptation of Injustice, which fills me with a lot of hope that this is going to be tremendous. Ray, I know you're very familiar with the Injustice storyline. I think Tunney is as yes. well. My question for you guys is, is why do you think Injustice is so popular? What about it appeals to people so much and has, has created such a buzz for this project that everybody wants to see it? Everybody's excited about it. Ray, especially you, especially me. He Go ahead, man. Mm -hmm. Easiest. It's the easiest question you'll ever ask me. Evil really? Superman. There you go. Right. I, I, we've gone back and forth. Superman is the most, and I, all due respect to you, because I love you with all my heart. You're my brother. Superman is the most boring hero ever created. But he was built to be boring because he's truth, goodness, and blah, 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 blah. Evil Superman, interesting shit, because there ain't no way to beat him. Right. Which leads to a whole bunch of different conversations so and i don't want to give away injustice for those listening i know we're spoiler free or we are uh, not spoiler what how does pat say it we're we, not spoiler free we're, we're not, not spoiler free podcast yes right but i don't want to give it away for those who have never played the game but don't know the story but just know superman gets cricket for some reason and shit happens and it goes down 
Well, we've given it away many times in the past. Oh, okay, never mind. So yeah. for the, be- for so let's give it away again. What happens is Superman goes from the beacon of truth, justice in the American way to a really fucked up version of himself because the Joker tricks him into killing Lois and his unborn child. And mm-hmm. Superman and he snaps. didn't know she was pregnant. Yeah, exactly. And Superman snaps, kills the Joker, and from there, he's no longer the Superman we know and love anymore, or in Ray's case, Superman that bores the shit out of him. Um, he turns <laughs> into something entirely different. And Superman's got his allies and Batman is really the last bastion of hope to try and, and take him down. And it does get interesting because Superman, when he's usual in his normal thing, the greatest thing, the reason I've always loved Superman is because he never went down this path, Ray, the injustice mm-hmm. path. He never broke. He never cracked. He never he had the power of a God. He chose not to abuse it, exercising mm-hmm. ridiculous amounts of restraint and a in a higher purpose and a a level of just like I am not going to succumb to this kind of bullshit. I'm going to be above this. I always have mm-hmm. respected Superman for being able to do that. I understand in the injustice why you can drive anybody, even somebody like Superman, to the brink and he crosses over to the dark side. I get it. And and and, and his anger at Batman especially which you know and, and i don't remember how well it's fleshed out but yeah i mean after the joker does what he does superman's view of batman is like you're a fucking pussy because you didn't take this guy out years ago and i just took, like red hood feels yeah. yeah and i took him out in a fucking heartbeat you know and and the great thing about this is superman when he's not on the injustice side always holds himself back there are very few places where he turns it all the way you know the dial to 11 um, one of the great things in in the uh, death of Superman, um, the new one, not the original, the original Doomsday one, but the new one where Doomsday fights the Justice League and beats their ass, is Wonder mm-hmm. Woman going to Superman saying, "Cal, don't hold back," you know, telling mm-hmm. him you cannot beat Doomsday if you hold back, and he doesn't. And Superman succumbs, but he takes out Doomsday. But that level of restraint in Injustice. You know, he's not holding back anymore. And, and it's all about he kind of turns into a variation of Ultraman from the crime syndicate, that right. shadowy variation of him. And Wonder Woman becomes his right hand, you know, his main lieutenant at that at some point in time. Um, I agree with you. I think I think the, the the notion of an evil Superman and how can you know Batman matching up to normal Superman is one thing. Batman matching up to evil Superman, who's now no, he's not dumb. He's very smart. He's very mm-hmm. calculating. He knows Bruce as well as Bruce knows him and knows how he's going after him. Batman still ultimately, you know, being Batman gets outsmarts him. But it's a it's a great story. It's an alternate universe. It is one that, you know, they they dabble in it a little bit in the Snyder Cut and in Justice League with the the dream, the nightmare visions that Batman nightmare. has. It's yeah. Straight out of injustice, but uh, we're going to get this thing sometime this year. Ray, any, any, you know, what are you looking forward to most about this? If, if anything, other than what we've talked about. Well, let me also say uh, to your point, the best thing about Superman was always his humanity was the fact that he identified with being human more than most humans identified with being human. And so if you look at it, when he flips after what happens and he turns to totalitarianism. Uh, a list or whatever you call it and tries to run the world 
he does it under the guise of only I can protect you because look what happened to me. Nobody else can do what I can do. And so it's a, it goes, it's just further goes to show that the beautiful writing of the best villains are that the best villains are heroes of their own story. Cause he really thinks he's helping. Um, but what I'm looking forward to mostly is to definitely see when the D goes down um, is to see how, which heroes they pick. Cause I don't think they're going to literally take everything from the game, right? Like I, I doubt we'll see people like Sinestro, you know what I mean? And Dr. Fate. I doubt we'll see people like that, but I'd like to see who they pick and choose. If they're only going to stick with the first injustice, are they going to bring some of the second injustice? Cause Kara is huge in the second injustice. I saw it. And I and Red Sun Prison, I, I I can't wait to see that in any form or fashion because that's ultimately how Batman gets kind of the better of him at the end. So yeah, right. It's just so cool, man. It's just such a great. So it's I think it's the second best DC um, thing they've ever told story they've ever told behind Flashpoint. That's how good I think it is. And it's got the, and I've often said, I think Flashpoint Paradox is the greatest animated movie of all time from superhero based, including Into the Spider-Verse, which I know is blasphemy for a lot of people. Not for me. Me too. But yeah, but it's, I mean, but I, I understand. Yeah. I understand. I, the Flashpoint movie is fantastic. Also, the new shit they're doing, like, I don't know if you guys have seen the um, uh, Justice League War movies. Yes. And then the War Apocalypse. It's so, they're so good. They are so much better than anything else you'll see. Can I? From I, animated standpoint. I want to ask you guys something, both of you guys. Why do you think DC gets it so right with their animated movies, and just usually gets it wrong? Well, not usually, but more often than should be, gets it wrong with the live action stuff. Why is there? Why is there such a disconnect there? You want to go, Tony? No, I want to think about that. So my my hot take is number one: they're not beholden to casting and to quirks of directors because when you're doing live action the director's vision plays a lot of part into the world you're building in an animated series or animated movie you can just kind of do whatever you want as most importantly number two you you're not constricted by having to explain everything you want to explain in the same way like the Justice League War Apocalypse or Doomsday, the last one they did that reset the world, is basically built around John Constantine, right? You know how much they'd have to explain on, t- on, on a live action to explain who Constantine is and why he's so important and why Constantine is with Zatanna and this and that and so on and so forth? You can do whatever. You are not constrained by anything in these, with these characters. And we've I've said multiple times, DC has the more iconic characters. They have the better characters. Better it's villains. Just sure. Definitely better villains. Definitely better villains. At the end of Apoc- at the end of the of of Justice League War Apocalypse, in the middle of the movie, it's almost very similar to uh Infinity War, where Apocalypse wins and they take over the world. And then the remaining heroes who are still alive or haven't been co-opted by Apocalypse had to come back and save everybody, right? At the end, Trigon comes out of Raven's thing on her head to fight Apocalypse for the rest of eternity while they leave and blow up Apocalypse. So you're talking about villains. Trigon is one of the 
God villains in in DC. We know Apocalypse or Doomsday. Apo- yeah, Apocalypse, not Apocalypse. What's my man name? Doomsday or Dark Side? No, not Doomsday. Dark, Dark Side. Apo- he lives the, on the Apocalypse. Villains. On Apocalypse, yeah, there he is. the villain. So yeah, you're right, man. It just got so many great characters, and they can just do whatever they want with the character. I I would say to kind of to raise point of 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 the way they do it on the animated side, it's better than what they're doing. It's just overall better than what they're doing in the theaters. And then in comparison, it's like if you have a darker colored car, you're not going to see it look as dirty. And if you have a lighter colored car, it's going to look more, it's going to you're going to notice the dirt. Well, DC in the movies is a lighter colored car and you notice the dirt and they're a lighter colored car because of Marvel and how successful they are. Right. Like if Marvel wasn't there, maybe we wouldn't shit on some of the DC stuff as much. Right. Sure. So it's like in comparison you're you're really fighting an uphill battle on one side, and then on the other side, Ray made a lot of great points as to why they're doing a really good job on the animated side. Right, and and I mean, you know, Marvel to their credit had a story idea that they always moved towards. They took the Infinity Gauntlet story and they said we can really do something wrapped around that. Um, I you know, and and whether it goes back to what we were saying earlier, whether they were lucky or smart or good a combination of all three of those with Marvel DC didn't have like that iconic story, even though there's plenty of them, but they didn't have anything like that, that they, or at least they didn't go into it with that notion of let's have everything moving towards this story. I mean, they could have done that with some of the justice league stories, but they really didn't. And you know, that, that hurt them. And the great thing about the animated movies is you don't have to worry about a continuity. They're all self-sustaining little hour and a half things stretch, you know, more often than not taken straight from the comics that are very well done and very effective. And like Ray said, they're not bound to anything when they do these and and it creates opportunities. They don't have to worry about casting. Don't have to worry about directors. Hey, we just have to worry about artists and voice actors and DC more often than not kills it in both fronts on their animated stuff. And Marvel really, I don't know if they're not really trying, but other than into the spider verse and the second one coming out, yeah, there was some good Avengers stuff that they did years ago, but really, what has Marvel done from the animated side? Not a whole lot, but they don't have to. There's cause... a deep. Go ahead, Ray. Deep, just real, just to put a bow on all this. DC went from telling a, a very, very pointed animated story uh, kind of series of Batman and the Batman family with Damian Wayne coming in, and then Kate Kane and Lucius, Luke Fox, and all this, to the next movie being Batman going back to the 1800s chasing Jack the Ripper, going back to the regular continuity, then going, all of a sudden, Batman's fighting black exploitation with, it. like, it's so, they don't care. They just do what they want, because they can. And it's always good. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's as good a place as any to lead into our first commercial break, but, you know, I'm going to let PC Tunney tell you all about this stuff, because I don't remember everything Patrick says, and, and, you know, they don't pay me enough to remember this shit, so... I'm gonna let I'm gonna let PC Tunney take over. Uh, well, I just want to encourage you to continue to listen to Chairshot Radio Network on all of your favorite streaming platforms. You can also find Chairshot Radio Network at thechairshot.com. Head on over to prowrestlingtees.com as well forward slash thechairshot. Pick yourself up a Chairshot T-shirt. Get it in soft style. Do your epidermis a favor. Those shirts make a great gift as well. I guarantee it. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thecheshire.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. I got to throw out the word giblets just because I, I don't feel like we can do an episode of Bandwagon Nerds without hearing the word giblets in there. Epid- Race talk about epidermis, epi, epi, epidibial, epidi, epidural. Yeah, it's like that scene from Nine Months where Robin Williams can't say what the shot that the girl's supposed to get is. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let, let, we're gonna get some banjos going. We we got to go back to the, the trailer park and uh, and, and check out a few trailers. So let's get the banjos going. <laughs> All right, so guys, we got a few trailers to talk about. It we're going to talk. I mean, there's a lot of trailers that came out of Comic Con, but we're going to save that for the last part of the show. There were three that I I came upon. We'll save the best for last. Uh, we'll do the one that I kind of threw up threw up there just to see what you guys think of this. So Showtime's got a new series coming out, a four part series called UFO that is not does not appear to be fictional. This appears to be more of a documentary, non fictional topical discussion especially based on the fact that now the united states government has admitted ufos are real and we don't know what the fuck they are thank you for that for that great disclosure i feel so much better about the world i live in now now that you've admitted that this shit is real but we don't know what they're what did it that, like that report had 150 different episodes or instances they could explain one. They disprove one, which leaves 149 of them like, what the fuck are we dealing with here? 
uh, it looks like this show is going to touch bases on some of that with some new evidence, some new eyewitness accounts, at least one guy who's very adamant that the world really needs to be prepared for what's coming. If that's not ominous enough sounding for you, especially since we're still dealing with a global pandemic, and now on top of that, we don't know what we're dealing with, whether it could be extraterrestrial, could be the Russians. Hey, did you guys see this? According to Fox News, the Russians have developed a plane that can travel at twice the speed of light. Twice the speed of hey, light, guys. That, that. <laughs> they said it. it was, I actually heard them say it. Go ahead, Ray. That's an overachiever. Twice the speed of light? Just do it at the speed of light first. Well, Overachieving, man. Granted, we're talking UFOs, and, and no one knows what alien technology and what warp speed is, and maybe you can. But if you can go past the speed of light, how do you even measure twice the speed of light? That that assumes you can quantify what the speed of light really is. But according to Fox News, the Russians have a plane that can go twice that. Now, of course, that was a faux pas. I'm sure they meant twice the speed of sound. Great. But this is why kids at home listening don't listen to Fox News because they say stupid shit like this. And it'll get you into trouble if you start going to scientists and say, hey, can we travel twice the speed of light? No, you can't. But anyway, <laughs> um. This topic of UFOs has always fascinated me, has fascinated me for years. The stuff the last six months has been nothing short of earth shattering. Um, I, I do not for a second think that the Chinese or the Russians or some other foreign body, foreign country has passed us, basically lapped us in technology, which is what it would have to be to do some of the stuff these things are doing. Your guy, are you guys interested in this series at all, or what are your? Th- We've never really talked about this on this show. What are you guys' thoughts on this whole topic? UFOs are simultaneously interesting as fuck and terrifying as fuck. So yes, I'm in, one hundred percent. And to your point, Japan is killing us technologically. Takes people to other country, but they killing us technologically. But I, 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 I truly. Look, let's put it like this. Let's just make it. Let's just just keep it a buck. There are in this solar system that we know, and just in ours, that we can see with the naked eye with the telescope, we know of there's eight planets and a dwarf floating around this one sun. We can only find life on one. We have found evidence of life on another on Mars. We can see with our eye, like hundreds more. Solar systems. Clearly, there's other stuff out there. Well, you, yeah, it's like you know how like sometimes your dog can't get his head out of the paper bag or the box or something just because he can't understand things as well as we do. Well, that we could very well be the dog in in this galactic battle, right? Um, so <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, I mean, the trailer looked good as long as it seems like it's going to be well done i think any topic is interesting but this especially because there's been uh, a lot of buzz and it's been building for a while a lot of different things have happened and to your point dave there's there's some splaining to do out there right and and to me lately the last ever since the new york i don't know if it was the new york times or the post or whatever broke that story a few years ago that got this whole ball rolling um it just feels like at any moment they're going to <laughs> drop this on us. It, it almost, and I don't know how you guys feel, but I felt for a couple of years now, we're being preconditioned. 
for this big disclosure that you were not alone. They're kind of gradually easing us into this sort of thing. It's like getting into a pool and you're tipping your toe in. And now we're about knee high and we're about to take that next step to get to waist high before they, because there is, it has always been that belief that the human consciousness, the psyche will not be able, our egos, our collective human egos will not be able to handle the fact that we are not the baddest asses in the universe. And I don't buy that anymore because we've seen enough movies to realize that we're not shit. So yeah, if you're telling me that somebody can go twice the speed of light, and it's not said on Fox News that there's some alien technology that can pull that off. Okay, I can believe that. But it'll be an interesting series. It's very topical. It's very timely. If I have show time, I want to check it out to see, okay, what, what do they have? What are they talking about? What sort of evidence do they have that maybe we haven't seen yet? Um, you know, I Japan, you're right, Ray, is kicking our ass technologically. I don't know about from a military standpoint whether they've got yeah, the stuff to do the things that the things that they've seen. It's um, yeah. it's like what the hell is that? But you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's going to be a good series to check out. The other one is uh, we got another Witcher trailer, Nightmare, uh, Nightmare of the Wolf, animated Netflix thing coming up. Uh, lots of Witcher information going on. The re- and I want to say this. I want to defend myself. The reason why I picked Henry Cavill to be Dracula is if you've ever seen Dracula in the comics, he looks like Geralt of Rivia. You know? So that's why I picked him. It has nothing to do with my man crush or lack thereof. Sure. sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, I'm going to go to my grave denying that, Ray. <laughs> but a lot of Witcher, a lot of Witcher stuff happening right now. Tony, what, what was that? I was just, you brought it back to Dracula and we kind of separated from that. I just want to throw it out there that it is, they are looking for a, it's been said they are looking for a white A-list actor to play Dracula when they do introduce it into the Blade series. So that's the exact wording on the article that I read. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, This Witcher trailer, I don't know. I mean, you know, to me. I want to check it out, but at the same time, it's like, just get me to season two. I just want to get to season two. I want to see what happens there. The animated stuff that adds in and fills in the gaps. I'll go back and play some of the Witcher games if I really, really want that. Not that this looks bad because it doesn't. It looks interesting, but I don't know. Did you guys check out this Witcher trailer and what do you think of it? Not everybody at once. I'm going be honest with you, and I, this is no, I'm sorry. I have not watched anything revolving anything The Witcher. I've never seen The Witcher show. I've never seen a Witcher uh, commercial. I've seen, never seen a Witcher trailer. And I'm going to take a day soon, the same day I watch Flash Gordon, and I'm going <laughs> to watch all the Witcher stuff for the goodness of my big brother, Dave Lungar. Do you, but you, need, you need to at least watch the series because when, when the next season comes yes. out, we'll be covering it every and week look, like Disney+. Plus. Ray, all bullshitting aside. Watch the Witcher season one. Forget Flash Gordon can wait, man. It's been around since 1980, whatever the fuck. It ain't going anywhere. Uh, But the Witcher is more topical and you will enjoy the Witcher more. I'm sure of it. Do not watch it. Do Uh, not watch it with kids. Yes. No. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for that. No, because my baby girl will watch anything. No, no. No, Do not watch it with your kids. It is not kid friendly, Ray. Lots of uh, risque stuff going on. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And if you remember... When I Next first started the show, be like, okay, I watched it <laughs> <laughs> after this show. If you remember when I started, I like I had no interest in watching the Mandalorian whatsoever. Mm-hmm. The only reason I watched it was because we were covering season two, so I had to catch up, and I got hooked. 
So it'll probably be the same with The Witcher. Well, there's a there's a few series that if you haven't watched them, I mean, The Witcher's one of them. Um, if you haven't seen Lock and Key, that's another one that's got a season coming up. Okay. You'll love that show. We covered that one. That is tremendous. Um, and that um, you can watch with your girls, right? Yeah, that you can watch with your kids. And Umbrella Academy, seasons one and two, because they're going to have a third season of that. that. Okay, so you're in on that. That's Tony. That's I'm, on season, I'm on episode six of season one. I started. Okay. You're the man. Good job. Uh, but yeah, Lock and Key and The Witcher, you need to check those out, Ray, because those will come up. We know The Witcher's coming up in, when was it? October or December, what'd they say? You guys remember? I, think... I don't remember, no. But just remember, Ray, for the Witcher, keep your kids under lock and key. But for lock and key, you can Witcher them into the story. Yes, what Tunny says. Hey. Um, by the way, David A. Lewis? David A. Lewis for Dracula? Oh, Colin Farrell? For who, Dracula? Colin Farrell. Dracula? Colin Tom Farrell. Cru- Tom Cruise. That's yes. It's too, too short. Too short. <laughs> well, you play the bat. Um, the last trailer I want to talk about is the one that. Wait, Pat- what? Wait, I just caught that. He can play the bat. <laughs> yeah, but Drake like, turns into a bat and flies around. It's just Tom. Cruise. Tom Cruise could be oh, Tom Cruise could be Renfield. There you go. Oh, He's short enough man. for that. Oh, that's all time great. <laughs> he could be the bat. Wow. Please, please, I apologize. Uh, no, that's fine. That's great. The uh, we we haven't got. I I blame it on the fact that Platt's not here as to why we've been so subdued, you know, and not going completely crazy with with stupidity. But you know, it's it's there's not enough plat plat platisms. Yeah, that's it. Um, not uh, enough Platt, platitudes. Platt got back to me, and I won't bury him while he's not here. He's on assignment. Oh, okay, sure he is. <laughs> um, he's pulling the Ray Cash. That's right. The last of the trailers is the one that Patrick posted. This is, of course, the most epic of all of them. Uh, Dune had their major trailer reveal. Pat called it epic. I would have to tend to agree with him on that. This movie looks like must-see. I know he's talked about this one being the one that's going to get him back to the theaters. Uh, The cast is fantastic. You got Jason Momoa. You got Dave Bautista. You've got a bunch of big heavy. You got uh, who played Poe Dameron in uh in uh patrick's favorite movie rise of skywalker uh so <laughs> it looks oscar Isaac. oscar, I- oscar Isaac. god i can't for- remember i can't believe i forgot that shit um this movie looks like it's must see uh, epic in scope probably an understatement as to what they're trying to accomplish with this thing i know they did a dune movie back in the late 80s or something like that this looks nothing like that uh, this looks like a franchise starter, if I have to be honest with you guys. This is like a movie that could kick off a major, major franchise. I assume we all watched this this trailer. This one is really one of the best trailers I've seen in 2021, and that's not hyperbole. That's the truth. Uh, what did you guys think of this? What are your hopes for this franchise? Uh, your thoughts? It's going to be a blockbuster. People are going to go watch this. It's something like it's in watching the trailer. You can tell there's going to be a difference between watching this on your laptop or on your TV at home and going to the movie theater, right? Like there's just movies and, and, and genres of movies that are like that. Um, I, I love the cast to start. Like there's an, there is a, there is an excellent actor for everybody's different tastes, like throughout uh, movie going that have played in, in different films that will draw you in to want to see what they do with this story. I am interested to see how well they would do as as uh, continuing 
to make more movies and where what they're going to do with the story and things of that nature. Um, I might have to go check this out in the theater. Um, and speaking of the theater, uh, just a quick sidestep, and I'll let Ray jump in. I, I I might go see Old on Tuesday. Ooh, okay. Old Jungle Cruise are definitely on the on the uh, the, on I the don't know, to catch this week. Learned my lesson, I think, from Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. I don't think I want to go on the Jungle Cruise. Oh, bef- <laughs> I'm not going on that damn thing, but I watch it. I rode that <laughs> thing <laughs> twice. I rode that thing twice last week, man. They the changes that they made to it aren't anything that are earth shattering. My wife sent me a picture though. The Rock's tequila truck was at Downtown Disney yesterday because they were doing the world premiere for yeah, Jungle Cruise. Yeah. The red carpet was at Disneyland yesterday, so Dwayne, I'm sure, was around there somewhere. Anyway, go ahead, Ray. Um, so this is my thoughts on Doom. First and foremost, epic trailer, epic scope. You just, you like you said, fantastic cast. When you have a trailer and you barely see Javier Bardem, like that, that but he, like, it's an amazing, amazing cast. Here's my only thing. I could give a shit less how great it looks if the story don't work. Because John Carter looked fantastic. <laughs> you just, just had, to, it a buck. You had to bring the John Carter card into this thing, Ray? Damn it. See, I'm just saying. No, you're I, right. I don't know anything, you're right. I don't know anything about Dune as, in terms of like its, its canon or its story or the history. They give you a good idea that there is some type of either invasion or civil war between people and Timothy Chalamet is supposed to be taken oscar isaac's position and whatever we get a little bit of that and dave batista's leading the, the other people who's trying to get you get a little bit of it i've never heard of it i don't know anything about it so the the fact that it looks great will get me to the theater what's going to get me to be involved is if the story is good because we've seen a million movies where it looks great and i bring up john carter because in scope john carter looks exactly the same so I hope it's I hope it's I hope it's really good with the cast. I, I I'd be shocked if it's if it's anything less than passable. I think it's gonna be fantastic. The cast is too good. Yeah, I got man. I hope it's better than John Carter was. John Carter had so much potential, and then it just kind of like it was like, what is this crawl? What am I well, watching? You know, John. We we have John Carter to thank for Lucasfilm being a part of Disney. There you go. That's right. Thank you, John Carter. Your sacrifice is duly noted. So <laughs> we have, we have uh, Howard the Duck to thank for Pixar being a part of Disney. No, that's DC, right? Yeah. Howard, Howard the Duck's a DC character, Tony. God <laughs> damn it. Get it right. Get I'm your stuff you, together, bro. I, True story. I was, wait, I was really looking at all the collector's cases at Mission Breakout. I sent you guys some pictures of what's in the collector's cases. I was really looking for Howard. I was like, where the fuck's Howard at? They got Ultron in here, but Howard, shouldn't he be in a glass case? Anyway, I'm in a glass case of emotion. Uh, but yeah, Dune looks like, um, I mean, I know Pat's extremely excited about it. I am too. It's it's one of those, you know, you look at some of the slate of movies that are coming out over the last, you know, what are we, last five months here of 2021, and, and we are loaded, locked and loaded from Suicide Squad, Shang-Chi, Dune, Spider-Man, uh, Eternals. I mean, Jesus, there's all sorts of we stuff. We have three Marvel movies left in the year. Yeah. One DC three. movie. Shang-Chi, Eternal, and uh, Spider-Man. And, um, Spider-Man. We got the Suicide Squad. We still have three more television shows. Mm-hmm. At least three, right? 
it, yeah, it's 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 and that we're just talking comic book wise. It's crazy. Can I give you guys uh, a recommendation for a documentary that I watched this weekend? No. This yes, week? no. and it's fantastic. No. Well, no. I'll talk to Dave. I won't talk to. I won't talk to Tony. <laughs> Uh, Bucks, Bucks fans, Bucks fans, Bucks Ray. Six. There's a recommendation for you. Damn, Bucks with, and six. With Cantoners. Um, HBO Max. <laughs> you can't get the whiz wrong. Oh. Well, Dominic Foxworth does all the time. So if you listen to this show, Dominic Foxworth, it's Wisconsin, not Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Maybe no, you guys su- secede from the union. You could have East Wisconsin and West Wisconsin. There you go. I know. <laughs> and honestly, if you, you already got East Appleton and West Appleton, yeah, right? Yeah, really. If you're from Wisconsin, you rarely pronounce the W and the I. You usually just say Wisconsin. There you go. I mean, whatever gets you by, man. Like, and now you know. You missed that because y'all drank all the damn time off all the beer. <laughs> uh, Ray, your documentary. No. HBO Max, Bill Simmons has got a new series called Music Box, and I know we're all kind of big into music. Woodstock 99. It is the most fascinating documentary on Woodstock 99 and how it was basically a shit show and how uh, the angst of the post-grunge movement led into how crazy it was and all the crazy things that happened and how the the people who the same people who did Woodstock 69 and Woodstock 94 did 99 and didn't plan the shit the way they should have planned it. And it's, it's so good. I was transfixed for two hours and I'll be remiss if we're going to sit here talk about trailers. Can I bring that up? Because I guarantee you, if both of you and Patrick or anybody listening, if you watch five minutes of it, you're not moving from your TV for the next two hours. It's that good. So was, which one was the one where green day got in the mud fight with the audience? Was that 94 or 99? I think, it was 94. I think it was 94. That's 94. That was a shit 99, show. <laughs> but it, it was. But but that one was actually, it, it worked out okay. 99, it wasn't mud. It was actually shit. Because mm. the porta potties overflowed because a water main broke. Mm. And 99 is the one where Limp Biscuit oh, lost shit. their minds. Yeah, it, it's, it, I don't want to give any more weight. It's so good. Lost their minds it's and killed so their careers, good. basically. <laughs> I want to I want to plug two things real quick uh, over on the chair shot. One chair shot radio network. Patrick and Dave have started doing musical chairs, and I think it's excellent. Yes. And I think you guys do a great job. And if you're not listening to that, you need to be listening. And I know they got a whole bunch of other stuff lined up for that. And and kudos to you guys. Great job. In addition, on the music side, getting it going on the writing side as well. Andrews judgmental album reviews the first one is out on the chairshot.com so check it out it's evil hell unleashed there you go wait, so wait, we're wait, covering wait, you wait, on both wait, sides wait, hold on. andrew's reviewing something that's not japanese in origin is that what you're telling me <laughs> <laughs> listen uh uh yeah i'm not even i'm, I'm, I'm gonna leave that one alone I, I i have a hard enough time on wednesdays as it is <laughs> And I love Andrew with his butt chugging ways. I do too. Yes, he, he does an excellent <laughs> job. Uh, so you got music covered on both sides. I butt chug salt water all the time. Absolutely, we know that. We know that's a fact. Yeah, if you listen to Chair Shot Radio this morning, then you already know the bands that we chose. Um, I won't divulge it to to PC and Ray because peeling back the kayfabe curtain. It hasn't been released yet while we're recording this, and we're going to kind of keep that as a surprise. But I think you guys will dig it. It's a, it's a, a, a very good episode. Uh, love Patrick's choice, really kind of outside the box. So, you know, I'm, I'm more of the mainstream sort of thing. 
Let's take our last commercial break before we get into the last segment of the show, which is talking San Diego Comic-Con. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds, a part of the ChairShot Radio on the ChairShot, ChairShot Radio Network on the ChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code ChairShot. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code ChairShot to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. It's t-shirt season, everybody. Head on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash chairshot for the coolest t-shirts you can find and make yourself look great this summer. That's prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Do we have like a working promo code, Tony? Not like the ones Platt gives, which expired six months ago, but like actual promo codes where you can get a discount. <laughs> I don't know, but I could do my best plat right now. When you head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, put in Summer Heat Wave, even though that's too many letters, but it might work. That's <laughs> ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, Summer Heat Wave. Nice. Promo code is hot. It's hot. Are you hot? I'm hot. Promo code Asphalt Melting Hot. Uh, so let's talk, let's talk San Diego Comic-Con. I know you guys last week previewed it. While I wasn't here, well, it's now happened, and I wanted to take some time to talk to you guys to see what you checked out that tickled your fancy. Ooh, there you go. We're getting we're getting archaic with our terminology, tickling fancies. Uh, I'll start this thing off. What I will say to start things off: lots of Walking Dead, <laughs> a shit ton of Walking Dead going on. The final season, we got the official trailer, which looked just badass. I'm still trying to get caught up with everything and and making progress there. You got uh, The World Beyond had another trailer, I think. You've got Fear the Walking Mm -hmm. Dead Season 7 had a trailer. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a franchise that, although the primary show is entering its last season, it's going to be a long-ass fucking season. That's for sure. And you've got two other shows that show no signs of slowing down. Um, I know Robert Kirkman, one of the things I was going to talk about later on uh, with a different property, he's mentioned getting back to work on the Rick Grimes movie. Um, I did want to ask you guys this. I don't know how into The Walking Dead you guys are. Being that it is the final season, seeing that Rick's movie is kind of in, in a state of limbo, do you expect Andrew Lincoln and the Rick Grimes character to show up in this final season of Walking Dead, because I don't see how they end this series without him being there. I, it's on, only if, if one thing. When Rick, quote-unquote, died, which really he got abducted, Yeah. if that is the Commonwealth, then yes, he's showing up at the end, because they're fighting the Commonwealth this, this season. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't read all of the comics. I stopped at like a hundred and 10 or something like that i got to the end so i don't know okay so i don't know if there's another group bigger than the commonwealth nope this is it well then this is it then well then yes i think he'll show up at the end yes so now the bigger question will we see michonne anybody who hasn't been killed off don't you think they gotta bring him back somewhere in the latter half of season 11 go ahead tony i don't know uh, no, I. You guys should continue this conversation. There's two iconic series 
that I have not seen. And, and this is one of them and Breaking Bad's the other one. So okay. I have those in my back pocket for a rainy day. I'm not really big on either of them, but I know they're both excellent from, you know, my peers. So it's something I will check out at some point, but I'm interested in listening to the rest of your conversation very much. So, yeah, I, um, I know they want to do the standalone movie, but timing wise, Ray, I don't know. I mean, you could do a movie explaining what the fuck's been going on with Rick for six years, you know, cause you're talking Rick Grimes has been adopted for six years and he hasn't broken free yet. What the fuck have they been doing with to him for that whole time? Well, okay. So one, Remember the former Rick years and the prison, right? Where he was at his lowest. He was back at his lowest in this when he got abducted because he was essentially committing suicide to save his people when he blew up the bridge. So it's possible he could have got indoctrinated in some form or fashion. But if you remember when Michonne went to the, um, I don't know if you caught up to where we are now, but there's an episode where Michonne, because you know they they shot up to five years or whatever, she went. Uh, to the they were fighting the whisperers and her she found this guy who said he had all of his weapons and stuff that you could get but it's an island so she took they took a boat to island and in the boat rick had left stuff that they knew it was rick that's why michonne left um judith and rj to, to join the frontiersmen and go find rick so clearly rick is leaving clues mm-hmm so yeah and i mean and, and I'm, i don't I'm know the, what was it is it a or a b right that yeah, was the question right is he an a or a b i don't, I don't know and i don't even i mean i don't even know what that means from the from the comic standpoint so yeah i mean this final season i mean this is this is like tony says one of the most if not the most iconic tv series of all time i mean you could really make that argument game of thrones huh game of thrones game of thrones for sure but maybe uh, cable maybe yeah and maybe this one will have a better ending, a, a better received ending than Game of Thrones did. But yeah, there was a ton of Walking Dead stuff going on for San Diego Comic Con, and, and and that was cool. Uh, kick it over to Tunny. What did uh, anything you want to talk about from San Diego Comic Con that stood out to you? We'll just kind of go. We'll take turns, just one thing at a time, until till time runs out. Sure. Uh, Stephen Amell and Alexander Ludwig in in heels. Yes, looks like be something really fucking cool yes. um and honestly satchel mcflippins who i who's a good friend of mine uh brought me brought my attention to this he's a he's like a fringe wrestling fan but he he was he's really into i think um what was the women's one that was just on Blow? um Blow. yes he he liked that so he he saw the preview for this um i can't wait for that Stephen amell is a huge wrestling fan so you know that as a wrestling nerd that it should be gotten right as far as the actual way it's presented, because like as in depth as we are as wrestling fans, we're going to be able to tell if they don't know what the fuck they're doing and presenting this to us. And I don't think that's the case. I'm, I'm really excited for this. I think this is going to be very good. Yeah. The, the trailer looks fantastic. It premieres August 15th is what the premiere date is. Uh, Ray, did you check out anything about heels? Yes, I, so I've been keeping up with it ever since he he announced that he was going to do it. Um, I love the cast. Like, just I hate the dude because I'm a I'm a Ravens fan, but casting James Harrison as a wrestler is the most perfect casting you could think of. I mean, and then another, I, I'm pretty sure this is the thing that got CM Punk's 
appetite wet again to mm-hmm. may possibly want to come back because he's in the show. Um, it's perfect. Alexander Skarsgård as the baby. Fr- it's such a perfect idea. Um, it looks so good. And Stephen Amell has been in the business. He cares about the business. So I tr- and he has gravitas outside of the business. So I really feel like they're gonna do it justice, and it's gonna be a very well. And Showtime's killing it. Or stars, I'm sorry, stars is killing it because I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever watched any of the Power series. That, that's one of the best shows on TV. So like they're killing uh, uh, it. Isn't Black Sails from Stars as well? Black Sails and Stars, yes. Yeah, yeah, and another excellent series. They they really kill it with their uh, standalone series. Um, uh, they had another one. What's the other one? Uh, P Valley is on stars i don't know if you guys have heard that uh yeah they're killing it though all right yeah so we've all we all checked out heels that we're all in on that ray uh what else did you see that kind of uh got your interest walking dead was the main one but another one that's interesting to me is all of the backlash and conversation and chatter around the reboot of masters of the universe i think that it's first foremost i'm surprised it took so long to reboot that because it's Tailor made for this world where we're transfixed by superhero groups and teams and origin stories and all of these things, right? The castle of Grayskull and whatever. So, um, but there, if I'm not mistaken, isn't there some some uh, controversy that it's not orig- it's not initially about He Man? They said that, but then like Kevin Smith had a panel. This is one of the notes that I had. Where he said Masters of the Universe Revelation was He Man for grownups, and and right. he he was talking about that. And I know, Pat, I I did I didn't catch the first part of it. I know Patrick did, and he was based on the gift that he shared with us, very impressed with it. But yeah, I think there was some backlash that it wasn't really a He Man story, and people weren't exactly happy about that. I haven't taken the time to watch it yet, so I I can't I can't comment on that firsthand. Maybe Pat can when he comes back next week as to what what the deal is with that. But, but yeah, I I did, I did catch Kevin Smith who was really defending the project and kind of talking about it in a way that, you know, look, this is, this is like the original He-Man was, was written for, you know, written for kids. And this is Mm -hmm. one is more written by grownups for grownups. The same people who watch He-Man when they're a kid who are all grown up now. And this is presented Mm -hmm. in that way towards them. Um, So I, I, you know, and again, I haven't seen it, so I don't know, but Anyway, Ray, I didn't mean to take anything away from you. That's just what I'd heard about it. No, that's that's where I wanted to go with it because I wasn't sure what the controversy was. I know it's dropped on Netflix, so I'm going to try to catch that when I get some time. Uh, I'm a binge watcher, so I've got to watch it all in, 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 in a row. Um, but He-Man is one of the last iconic um, characters to not be re- redone in this world. And yeah, it's cool that it's it's probably better, honestly, that it's a, that it's animated. But I would have liked to see them try to do this in live action. Maybe but, one day. And one more thing. And one more thing. Kevin Smith Henry, is pretty Henry trustworthy Cavill. when it comes to these things. Henry Cavill could play He Man. <laughs> He'll play He Man and Skeletor at the same time. How about that? Where's Dolph Lundgren at? Yeah, just just have Henry Cavill oh, do the God. whole damn thing. So you bring in Dolph back? Yeah. He's doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> Roman Reigns, it's He-Man. There you go. That might actually work. So, I'm still bummed. Hey, I'm with it. If, if Roman Reigns is not craven, I'm still going to be upset. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Tony, you're, you got any thoughts about He-Man? Have you checked it out yet? I have not checked it out. I am going to. I remember discussing it when we first talked about it was coming out and in the trailer and everything. And to see that Patrick liked it and and uh, it it tells me that it's going to be a good story. You know, we already said Kevin Smith. Come on now. It's like we are all fans. It's hard for that guy not to do things right. He he does such a great job of. Well, he just has the knowledge of, of how to do things right way as far as the nerddom goes, right? Like it, making sure that it's not too undigestible um, as far as being off off the rails, but at the same time, staying within that storyline and making it better and, and a better, um, more understandable, a better way of storytelling, I think, as far as the way he does things. So I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Um, I don't know if I'm going to watch that or or, a, or an episode of uh, Umbrella Academy after we're done here. No, finish Umbrella Academy. It's worth it. It is. So I didn't say. I didn't say finish. <laughs> well, I'm. 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 Look, not nice. from your from your from from your little brother down here in H Town. Finish Umbrella Academy. It is so worth it. It is. It is an excellent show. Uh, I go ahead, Tony. No, no. I was saying I will. I will. I, going back to something else that I was checking out, um, there was a panel talking about X-Men, not movies, comics. And comics, I, I, yeah. I haven't kept up really with the comics, but this panel was talking about a major, like a paradigm shift to steal from John Moxley about the I've done a million of those recently. <laughs> Man. This one's supposed to be bringing, quote, bringing the X-Men to its knees with the trial of Magneto. Apparently, the Scarlet Witch was killed. I was not aware of that. Scarlet Witch was killed, yes. And, and Magneto yes. killed her? Apparently that's what's going on. He's on trial for that? Is that what's going on, Ray? Yeah, man. But, like, look, so far from us, everything, every month is the next biggest thing in the comics. Right. But how can this bring them to their knees when they all the mutants had to go to fucking Krakoa, and then they had to re- they had to rebuild the whole damn team? Xavier is brainwashing them. It's such a, man, look, comics are so crazy right now. I can't even read a damn DC comic. They killed the DC Comics app, so you got to use the Comicsology app, which I hate. It's just, yeah, don't get me started on that shit. Well, and then all the stuff that you got a whole Batman series. Batman don't even exist anymore. Like, what? Do, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why do you hate the Comicsology app? I've just, I, I've never He's been a fan of it. I'm so used to the Marvel app and the DC app, specifically because I'm looking for certain apps, for certain mm-hmm. comics, right? But also, and this is no disrespect, especially considering how I've, I have, have interest in writing my own shit, but Comicsology has every comic out. If they have made a comic that has been made digital, it's on that app. Mm-hmm. So every, every Wednesday when the new comics come out, you're going through 50, 60, 70 different comics. Just to find the one you want is just too much for me. It's it's sensory overload for me. See, and I'm like, Comixology has been my go-to for like damn near a decade, it seems. Um, the Guided View, I can't read a comic anymore without The Guided View, Ray. I don't know if, because yeah, it's like, I like telling, okay, I mean, I've gone back to try to read print ones. Like, where's this panel going? What conversation happens next? I love that aspect of Comixology. There are, there are like back catalogs that they still haven't digitized, which... Yeah. I, I don't understand, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I haven't kept up on the X-Men. I know they've been going through a lot of weird shit lately, and, and really, since House of X came down, they've been going through, not House of M, 
that was bad enough. But House of X, since that came down, they've been going through some weird shit as well. So we'll see. I mean, it, I, it's a it's a crazy world. It's it, the, the everything going on in Marvel is the only thing I'm reading currently in Marvel right now is the Champions Saga, and um, I've always been a fan of the Runaways, but I, I've tried to get into a lot of this X Men stuff, but it's just gone. It's it's branched in so many. So right. the, the, the thing that Marvel does is cool, but also sucks is when they have a big story, like we talked about Civil War not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Is to get the whole crux of the Civil War. Not only are you reading the Civil War, you got to read Civil War books, but you got to read Civil All War this. Captain Marvel, yeah. Civil War uh, Miles Morales, Civil War the X Men. You got to read all those other things. Well, with this X-Men, with them going to Krakoa, House of X, everything that's happened, the um, the huge um, Hellfire Gala that they had and all these things, is you got to read like four or five different books to get the crux of the main story. And it's just, it's just too much for me. It's just too much. Right. And DC's no better. You know, DC does the same damn shit. Although, you know, I mean, DC tends to reboot everything like every few years. And, and Marvel does this more stage three we're gonna reboot this half things and this is still okay and yeah it's almost like at this point there's so much shit going on you want both companies just to hit the reset button let's start over and and then kind of uh at least we'll know where we are but you know they're not gonna do it's it's interesting isn't it that the mcu is so tight and so well defined but marvel comics is just everywhere and dc's everywhere you know it's like jesus how do you remotely keep up with this tony anything else you got out of uh comic-con you want to talk about i want a few quick hit things just to go back to uh they're they're saying there will be new dune stories in the future no matter how the movie does um that came out i can't <laughs> that's wait for awfully <laughs> that's awfully uh, optimistic right we right? don't care if it sucks I, we're gonna put more shit right. out well maybe they have the story set and they just want to start i i don't yeah. see how this movie could be too badly though right Me like either. i don't i really don't um i i'm excited for another season of invincible uh what else was on here oh uh samurai rabbit the usagi chronicles on netflix is dropping that is some interesting stuff i've always enjoyed those stories and last thing i want to shout out because dave you put up this uh article by polygon.com and their staff did a really good job of covering a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. but blair farrell does a good job of telling you some marvel and dc games you've never played yes but you should have yes. so go to polygon.com read blair farrell's uh, list there and then go listen to a winner is you on chair shot radio network nice nice plug very good segue um yeah i think before we turn it over to ray i read uh kirkman says they've got invincible on for two more seasons and, awesome. and, and they're going to actually really mimic and follow the comics. Uh, but I mean, yeah, after the success of the first season, which I'm yeah, I'm, yeah. Ha- I'm officially halfway through the first season now, it's oh, remarkable. It it's tremendous. It's excellent. Yeah, and, it's really uh, good. I'm so excited to see them that they're going to bring Invincible back for two more seasons. Um, and that's great. And because it's animated, you have a little bit more freedom. It's almost pandemic proof to a certain extent. You can do that right. no matter if we get shut down again or not. So I'm massively excited about that ray what else uh, what else you got out of comic-con just adding to the games and uh, i mean you guys have touched everything i just want to add to the games if you are a gamer shout out to dp shout out to dpp um gotham knights if you followed the arkham knights series or the arkham series of batman games gotham knights is kind of the follow-up to that where you're controlling um tim drake as robin batgirl um or oracle however you want to look at her Red Hood and Nightwing, because Batman's dead. That's coming out soon, 
and kill the Suicide Squad with wrestling tie-in, our own Samoa Joe as King Shark. <laughs> Both these games are going to be fantastic. If you haven't seen the trailers, they're great. I can't wait for them. Coming out, I think, I think um, God's Nights nice. was supposed to come out this year, but it's going to be out next year. And Kill the Suicide Squad is probably next year, too. Huge games. Uh, check those out. So when you mentioned the whole article about the games you may have played, DC, maybe think of that, because uh, I've been waiting for these to come out. Like, if I could pre-order them right now, I would. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. They got some good games, great games coming out. Uh, the last thing that I want to talk about that we haven't mentioned yet was um, <clears throat> they did some stuff with Amazon's uh, upcoming Wheel of Time series. Now, this is anybody who's this 14 book series, but this series has been equated to Game of Thrones um, or at least, you know, the Song of Fire and Ice. But they're anticipating this series to be on that same scope on that same level, which is some lofty, lofty, lofty ambitions to say that this is going to match that. This is Amazon Prime's big one. I mean, next to the boys season three, this is probably going to be, and I guess they're doing the Lord of the Rings thing. So, okay, we can't say it's the only one, but this is going to be right up there. Uh, my nephew-in-law absolutely loves the Wheel of Time series, Robert Jordan's series. This looks like it's got the potential to be fantastic. The guys in charge of it say they've already got eight seasons of this already worked out and they're penciled in for Damn. two. They're penciled in for two for sure right now. Uh, I don't know. Have any of you guys read any of Wheel of Time and, and any thoughts on, on this series? This looks like a this could be another killer app for Amazon Prime. I, I, have, I am unfamiliar with it, but from everything that that we've seen from from comic-con and, and how you just explained it as well it is something that you're going to have to check out whether you've you know the story and and what's happening or not it, it's it seems it could be epic if done right and if they have the planning set for eight seasons and they've only been given two already it means that they they like what they're doing and they think it's going to be really good so yeah i i, I i'm looking forward to it i'm, I'm definitely going to be there for it I gotta say, I don't. I've never heard anything about the series, but I gotta say this: Amazon has shown themselves to be very trusting with their showrunners and their creators, and that Netflix will have a show that's critically acclaimed, that does good numbers, and will cut that bitch off after a season. Amazon seems to give you leeway to tell your stories a little bit better. Maybe it's because they have so much capital coming through. So I'm not shocked they got eight eight. Do they have eight seasons already prepared and whatnot? So looking forward to seeing what it is, knowing that they have the rights, that they own the rights to the Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth and all that shit. This is, I, yeah, I just, I don't see any reason why this wouldn't be good. Yeah, the trailers that I want to see most right now are the Lord of the Rings show coming up and Wheel of Time. And I'm really hoping we get a Wheel of Time trailer soon because I've read some of it, not like my nephew-in-law has read it all. And uh, he he, this is like, this is like his show. He cannot wait for this thing to come out. Uh, I'm excited about it. When I read that and I saw the comparisons to Game of Thrones and Jesus, they've got eight seasons. I know it's 14 books in a prequel. So there's plenty of material that they can draw off of. But man, that's that's pretty impressive. So you guys got anything else from Comic-Con you want to talk about? Those were the main things that I, that I had noticed. Nothing. No, that's it. Nothing. So I, I am not Patrick O'Dowd, but I do have kind of a question for you guys this week. Since we're doing okay on time, I wanted to throw this out to you guys and see what you thought. We got the Olympics going on. T 
Tokyo 2020, even though it's 2021, but hey, who's counting? Uh, and, you know, you've got the Olympics going on, largely no fans, that sort of thing. It's the Summer Olympics. My question for you guys is this. It's like a two-parter. What is your favorite Summer Olympic sport slash competition? That's one. And two is, which of the Olympic sports that kind of flies under the radar have you been checking out that you're really interested in? Um, I mean, I could probably lead this off and, 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 you know, I mean, obviously basketball is the one that I've always gravitated to. And of course the United States Olympic team shit the bed today against France off uh, up in the first half and blew it. Yeah. yeah. Up by eight points with four minutes to go. And how do you not win that game? Chris Middleton. Thanks, where was, Chris Middleton. Yeah. Where was Thanks, he? Cl- he wasn't clutch today, Tony. God damn it. <laughs> Give you a fucking break. The guys got off the plane like 13 hours ago. Him booking. No, fucking no excuses. No excuses. That's a Popovich problem. Yeah. Uh, basketball has always been the one that I like. I, ever since they added te- tennis and golf, I think that those are great competitions. Didn't Bryson test positive for COVID and he's, yes. he's out. And, uh, jerk off Patrick Reed's going to represent Patrick us, Reed's going to be. Yeah. So jerk off would you rather have Patrick or Bryson? Uh, well, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> let's put it this way. I, 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 I trust, I trust farting when I have diarrhea as much as I trust Patrick Reed to not improve his lie illegally over there. So he doesn't mm. really, the guy I want representing, uh, our country. Duly noted. I wish that they haven't brought baseball back to the Olympics yet. Have they? They're still talking about that. No, that's out. I know the U.S. women's team, softball-wise, is uh, beat Australia yeah. in extra innings, and they're going to be in the gold medal game. Uh, swimming is always a fun one for me, and I know a lot of people like the track events. I do as well, but underrated for me is the field events, the javelin, the shot put, the pole vault, the triple jump. I mean, those are fun things to watch. I, I really enjoy that. Things I don't enjoy watching, um, uh, a six-hour bicycle race. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, things of that nature. You're not uh, checking out the yeah. Tour de France right now? That's No, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Thank I, you, I Peacock. You ruined that for us, too. I think it's interesting. The, the, if you, you want to see something interesting, go back and look at the sports from every Olympics and see how it evolved to where it was and then which ones got kicked back out and maybe brought back in. It, it's really an interesting dichotomy over the chronological time of the Olympics. Ray, what about you? So you mentioned the main ones, um, of course, basketball for sure, swimming, of course, and track and field, both of them. I want to I want to mention a few. First and foremost, we are living in a time where the greatest athlete of our time is performing right now, and that is Simone Biles. So if nobody says gymnastics, she is the most dominant athlete. Of, in the world. I'm glad you said that because it just didn't catch my mind. And you know, Olymp- I, the gymnastics and especially the women's team, like think of everything Fantastic. we've, all the people, I mean, like I can still remember Carrie Strug with the ankle and, and oh, Blanche, win the team and everything else. The, that That's one of maybe the most iconic, uh, yep. one of, one, just yep. one, just one yep. of the most iconic Olympic moments in United States history. Dominique Dawes, the fearsome five with Gabby and Ali and Michaela. And yes, absolutely. So I want to shout her out and shout them out because get, Simone's about to win. Like she's on her third Olympics dog. Like she's killing Kim, it. You miss Kim. Um, sir. Kim Zemeskel too. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes. 100%. Um, I want to shout out soccer, specifically the U S women's soccer team. 
because they are. I don't care about the U.S. men unless we're play, talking World Cup, but the women dominate every time they fucking go. So that's well, not one. this time. They lost to Sweden three yeah. nothing, but that. they came back. They came back with a six to one win over uh, New, New Zealand. Zealand, and New Zealand isn't very good. U.S. also had four goals disallowed before being slightly offsides because that could have been eleven to one. Yeah, <laughs> something about <laughs> and, goal differential Swe- being important. <laughs> and Sweden is good, but if you watch yes. the after, if you if you watch the after and watched Megan Rapinoe interviewed, she was like, yeah, it's all good. She was so nonplussed that I don't you know care. What? I'm, sick of, I'm sick of Megan Rapinoe bullying people. I'm sick of her kicking soccer balls at motherfuckers that aren't eating a sub. If I want to eat a sub, don't mean you get to kick a soccer ball at me. That's some bullshit, Megan Rapinoe. But I, think it's funny as hell. but I think it's funny as hell. Her, Steph Curry, and Tom Brady got some funny Subway commercials. She could kick a soccer ball at anybody because she's beating Usain Bolton racist. You got me. We good. Um, but I wanna I wanna shout out two sports in particular. Wrestling is back. Shout out to Gable Stevenson. Go out there and kill a young man. Chad Gable's um, competing again? Eh, okay. Black Chad Gable. Okay. like that. Close enough. Uh <laughs> Gable Stevenson is in Minnesota. He's the NCAA heavyweight champion. And he is personally endorsed and trained by Brock Lesnar. That's all you need to know. That's all you gotta say. And that's all you gotta say. And skateboarding is in yes. the Olympics this year. X Games yes. merging uh, into the Summer Games. Japan, Japan won their first gold medal, I believe, on the men's side for for uh, skateboarding competition. Um, are we getting bearded butchers with Brock Lesnar? Did you guys see that shit where he's in, he's butchering some meat? Where he's got he's Dude, got the he's got, got the yeah. PC Tony. He got the PC got, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mags and I have the same haircut, Ray. It's got the he's got the Mags as well. But I tell yeah. you, yeah. I, uh, Vin- boy, oh boy. Vince needs to open up the checkbook wide to get Brock back because uh, this Goldberg Lashley uh, shit is just. No. I can't wait. I, I am more excited to talk wrestling this week and and in last week was great. I think wrestling's back right now with fans being back and it just shows that WWE's king. So tune into Chairshot Radio Network the rest of the week. The wrestling shows are going to be very good. Well, for the record, oh, I made my way back to the Outsiders Edge this week. So shout out to that. And I was at SmackDown, the very first SmackDown Ooh. in Houston. Crazy energy there. So there, yeah, check out there, the edge. There's, once, there's one Olympic sport that hey, I wanted to hey, mention. Yes. Do you want to come on Pod is War this week? I could. Because you're not always getting to do a wrestling podcast here and there. So I, I figured know. with a lot of shit well, going on. Yeah, I, I need to talk to you guys after we go off the air about something. But okay. there's one Olympic, right. one of the Olympic sports oh. that I want to check out more of because I've watched it and it's like, wow, this is kind of cool. Handball. I don't know if you guys have been watching handball. This is like yeah. basketball meets hockey kind of without ice and it's soccerish mm-hmm. without using your feet but they're dribbling the ball like basketball and they're they're setting up at the arc like it's basketball and i mean they got you know penalty shots from like you know, i'm gonna fling this fucking ball at your head from seven feet away it's like holy shit so we we played handball in high school for gym class um shout out to my teacher mr hetzel who was awesome that didn't just let us play basketball and football and whatever brought us new games totally fun sport i mean so much fun it was pretty funny because uh i i was i was a pitcher in high school and then our uh, my other good friend was one of the best shortstops great arm as well and we were on opposite teams for like the second game we ever did and every time me and him got the ball we we just we just shot and the whistle blew and mr hetzel to his credit said 
at looking looking right down towards us instead of the rest of the class saying other people would also like to shoot the ball. So shout out to Mr. <laughs> Pencil and handball is a very fun game, Dave. I got one yeah. last go ahead, Ray. I was I was I'm sorry, I want to add one more I just mentioned it. Y'all know they got three on three basketball now? Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going the on with that. Did you see who's on the, the men's team? The yes, Olympics? The Olympics. Who? Is this because, is this because of the uh the big three league or whatever? I don't know, but the men didn't the men didn't qualify. <laughs> Do you know who I'm gonna tell you one name on the men's team? It's four people. Ooh. Robbie Hummel from Purdue is on the men's team. What are we doing, America? Yeah, Jesus. Can we get Steph? Can can we get Steph to be on the men's team? I mean, he could he could probably win it on his own. Jesus. Like, what the hell is going on? When wow. Robbie Hummel is your starting forward in a three on three in the Olympics. And he didn't they didn't even make it. Yeah. We invented basketball and we didn't make it. So, uh, it's like Canadian, Canadian teams not being able to win the Stanley Cup. Oh, sorry. Was that out loud? Canada invented baseball as well. Hey, hey, I tell you this. Canada's going to win the damn gold medal. In, in hockey? 2020. Oh, yeah. sure. After they always, yeah, exactly. I got one last one. I'm going to ask you guys a question. One word answer. No extrapolation. Wrestling related. Throwing it out to you guys. Does no. AEW, no. the rumors no. are, they're going to get... No. Do a question? No. Okay. So Tony's already answered. AEW is going to get rumored to get CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. My question to you guys is: Do they get one? Do they get both? Or do they get neither? PC Tony. Neither. Ray Cash. One. Which one? Punk. He'll say Punk. Actually, I think it's Bryan. Oh no way! I I trust me. I absolutely didn't want to believe it. But too many reports are giving too. I don't believe it. I don't believe all that shit. I know, right? I'm with you. But people who are credible that I actually trust, too much makes sense. And he always said he wanted to do one more run of the Indies in Japan. So, well, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of. I mean, yeah. If you listen to anything, they're getting them both. And and man, it's it's all over for WWE. So Hall and Nash in '96 again, brother, brother. <laughs> We needed the who's the third man going to be? Goldberg going to show up in in fucking AEW too. God, good, damn. yeah, great, great. Get out of here. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of Bandwagon Nerds. Good stuff all the way around. Good conversations. Lots of fun stuff coming out of San Diego Comic Con. Uh, we got Avengers Campus reviews. We did it all. A little bit of everything on this eclectic episode. Before I let you guys go, where on the social media interwebs, other than Fern Gully Forever, can people find you, the Reverend Ray Cash? You should change your handle to that. <laughs> While you're playing, I, well, I just may actually one of these days. I mean, I'm, I'll never change it's Ray Cash because some idiot will take it from me. Yeah. But I may change my name to Fern Gully Forever. Um, but I'm at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y's Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. Or you can find my burner at The Real C Platt. <laughs> PC Tunny, where can people find you? Uh, at PC Tunny, Twitter and Facebook. Thanks for listening to everything Chairshot Radio Network, all your favorite streaming platforms. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot and TheChairShot.com. And you Always can- use your head. 
You can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And of course, make sure you are following Bandwagon Nerds at its official Twitter site at Bandwagon Nerds. That's going to do it for this week's. Oh, hold on, Ray's hold got on. something. And Patrick. Shout out to Patrick. At, at Wrestling Realist, W R E S T L N G, no I. Yeah. Shout out to Patrick. Yeah. Shout out to our fearless leader who's got better stuff to do than hang out with jobbers like us today. So he's hanging out with in laws. We, we expect. We expect a doubly special rundown next week. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Since Friday afternoon, brother. Early Thursday afternoon. Get it out early, Patrick. <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time, come up out of the basement. Unless it's too hot where you are, then stay in the basement where it's cooler. And we will talk to you soon. That's another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Until next time, have a good week, guys. Open the windows. Please. Light a match. Maybe not. everyone. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.